0: I thought you said you weren't going to stop it. You were just
1: Oh, gonna yeah, yeah, a I'm not going to stop it. <laughs> oh, leave <laughs> a blank <buddy>. spot <laughs> Welcome to Don't Drink the Tea. We are returning to the hot-spirited debate where we're talking about Agatha Christie's The Hollow Slash Murder After Hours* Slash The Outraged Heart Slash Charlotte's The Bane of Charlotte's Existence and Hashtag Josh's Little Cuddle Buddy. <laughs> Let's talk <stop Well>. <laughs> about Let's talk about it. A let's talk. About, let's Should
0: we have a debate topic?
1: Let's have a debate topic.
0: Is, is does Zach have one?
1: Nope. nope. Still nothing. <laughs> this one was on the news. He last night. He said I've got ten, so I didn't figure I really needed to come up with one. No. This one was on the news last night, and I was like, "Well, they're debating it." Did you so watch the wait. news. No, someone else was. I was in their house. Oh, Okay, it was a party. Not really. One of those news parties. Yeah, we all got together and watched the news for twenty-five minutes, and I was like, "Well, that was depressing." Should parallel parking be required to get your driver's license no matter where you live in the country? Yes. (laughs) No. 95% of people polled said yes. 5% said no. Really? I guess you're in the minority there.
0: Yes! (laughs) She loves it. I love being Were you even alive when they made parallel parking? Oh my gosh. (laughs) Get your finger out of my face. But what about...
1: I know that, like, we don't parallel park here, but, like, what because about we live in when we bassoon. drive, like, three hours to a city and we need to parallel park?
0: You've forgotten how to do it. And no one ever gets to parallel park in the city because so what you do pull you... up three spaces to get in and so what someone's do do... already pulled up behind you and is blowing their horn.
1: So what do you do if you get to the city and there's no parking? Do you I don't sleep? go to the
0: city. Yes. <laughs> Bye! <laughs> well, I came, I tried, there's nothing. You're in New
1: York City. Okay. I'm out. Now listen to me right now, okay? Just <laughs> listen please to me be patient. Right now. Please be patient. Okay. You have been invited <laughs> by Jason Momoa <laughs> to have a sit-down ice cream meal. <laughs>
0: <laughs> a whole meal? I sit, this. sit down, ice cream meal.
1: <laughs> and he and he's like, all you have to do is meet me in New York City, and you already were like a little bit outside of New York City in the country. And he's like, you know, uh, and uh, just park on the street. Walk in. Uh, parking is free after five. You get there, and there's a spot perfectly to fit a square car. No one's around. Do you
0: parallel park or do you stand up, J. Moa? Wait, why is this? Why is this? I don't have a problem with parallel parking. But I you said do you'd it. just leave. I said I would do it if there, I would leave if there was no parking. Not if I had to no, parallel I s- park. Well, yeah, yeah, but this is. You said there's a spot. Well, I said there's no parking
1: but parallel parking. That's when you said you'd just leave. I meant there's yeah. only a part on the street.
0: No. So you will do it. I would parallel park, yeah What yes. if Jason
1: Momoa had a gun? <laughs> what? Have to do now it. you want her to leave. I want her to leave now. <laughs> he has a gun, and if you come in, he'll shoot you. And he everyone you no, and everyone you. Want. I
0: mean, I like him, but he probably he wouldn't do it. Like he wouldn't shoot you. No, he wouldn't shoot me. I
1: walk in the room. I think he would. I think he's desperate, and he knows that you have twenty books, cash in your purse. <laughs> I walk in to the room. For
0: the you're laying dead room.
1: on the ice cream room floor. Jason Momoa was standing above you with a gun. It seems simple, and that's because it is. <laughs> Because Jason Momoa shot you, Slander We're gonna be sued. Parallel parking comes in handy for me a lot, not because I parallel park, but because I have to slip in tricky situations on job sites all the time, ah. between trailers and other vehicles and stuff like and this that. This is because is a well getaway as vehicle. Parking trailers. <laughs> I uh, I, th- I think it should be required, even though that we don't do it, because when I do have to parallel park, I'm and I'm horrible at it. But I'm grateful that I got the training to be able to do it. To to be able to do it. <laughs> and plus, someone, as mentioned last time, this isn't a brag. With a normal sized truck, um, backing into places slash parallel parking is easier than pulling straight into place. I'm sorry, but that was an absolute brag.
0: Not even <laughs> home. normal Don't size. That was a. Name. <laughs> so we are back.
1: We have returned to and talk. I'm about. Zach. I'm
0: Josh.
1: <laughs> we have returned to talk about. The I Holo. am the five
0: percent.
1: Uh, me and Charlotte were, as promised, disagreeing the last the last chunk about how awesome it is to put your head in a gas oven.
0: <laughs> I've Please, Ross. <laughs> Please, I'm begging you. I'm gonna go get Sprite. You guys keep arguing. <laughs>
1: um and uh yeah we're gonna continue oh. nice try i was rounding up so you weren't <laughs> alive then, when kennedy was shot by the time were you <laughs> by the time this episode comes out i'll be 24 okay so, Oh, that's true but were you alive when the first avatar came out no
0: that came out in like <laughs> nineteen nineteen or something yeah
1: <laughs> you so you wouldn't even understand no like why are they blue in the first place <laughs> did they get sick I think it's a Smurf thing. Yeah, I think they all got <laughs> Smurf disease, and then they turned blue. And then Elmer Fudd was there. Wait, what? Was it Gargamel? Schmargamel? <laughs> Sh- Gar- gargum- Gargamel? It's not Elmer Fudd. <laughs> Gargamel. I think it's Gargamel. Does he wear robes? He does wear robes. I knew it. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, What's Zach, like with for being Smurf, in? though. This seems weird. <laughs> he has a beard. He's the oldest of them.
0: Yeah, but he seems he, like he's. He's a like
1: great. the father figure of the Smurfs.
0: What? Who gets?
1: Who's in charge if he dies? Probably Dopey. They're <laughs> <laughs> gonna call him in. This gonna be the, the six dwarves from this point on. Call him, in, call in Dopey. I'm in Sprite.
0: All right, yeah, let's talk about the ending. <laughs> okay,
1: if we if we can handle it.
0: Well, the ending is exactly well. Okay, so there's the ending, and then the ending, ending. So there's okay, the solution. That's better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the, some nice ice dropping into a cup. The, the, Wait uh, for it.
1: The reveal of the or who the murderer the
0: is. The solution is that yes, Gerda Cristo shot her husband with a different gun, yeah. threw it away, and was holding the revolver, waiting for someone, just standing there waiting for someone to come along and be like, Oh, why are you holding that gun? <laughs> right. Um and yeah, and then the ending ending is dumber still. But anyway. But they get married? No, no, no. The ending ending. That she dies. Yes.
1: Okay, she tries to to okay, but we'll go into that. <laughs> yeah. So, um, th- uh, obviously, one of Christie's <laughs> <seconds>. <laughs> If you just drop all the ice into the cups, it'd be done a lot quicker. <laughs> but I appreciate the subtlety. He's spacing it out. <laughs> <laughs> um, or you can't end up cutting it out. <laughs> no, I couldn't possibly. And I mean, I'm not gonna cut anything out. Nothing's been said. There's been no mistakes. Nothing to regret. Not
0: even oh the 9/11 no. Uh,
1: joke? Huh? <laughs> not even the 9-11 joke. I couldn't possibly. I feel like if I did, none of the rest of the episode would make sense. Oh, dear. I am incredibly
0: hot, though. yeah fever? That's tells me. No. I'm just if, very warm. <laughs> how can you be warm? There's no heat on right now. Are you hot? Well, I'm wearing a thick... This is pretty thick. Oh,
1: okay. And I uh, haven't had a cold Sprite in a while. Uh, <laughs> you better well, not
0: you know. be contagious, is all I'm saying.
1: I am absolutely not sick.
0: You don't know that.
1: <laughs> if I'm sick, I don't know it, and
0: I'm sorry if I am.
1: I'm down with the sickness. Ooh-ah. Do you know whose cup that is?
0: <laughs> i don't i don't see much confidence there <laughs> or that he doesn't care if oh it tastes <laughs> like spit imagine for a second that i got a new
1: cup so if anything i'm drinking your old cup and you have a new cup oh true oh. <laughs> the only bad scenario is i drinking my spit <laughs> yeah and that, i don't care anyway okay um yeah so that one of the oldest books in Christie's book is one of the oldest tricks In Christie's book is the most obvious person. Exactly what you thought happening at the beginning is yeah. what happened. But this one has a little bit of a twist on it is, uh, it has a little bit of a murder by conspiracy element to it because the entire family, most of the family knows that Gerda has done this and they are like, You know, Gerda, again, they feel bad for her. Gerda is slow. Gerda is dumb.
0: So they start misdirecting Poirot. Like, um, the the crazy old lady is like, oh, yeah, I had a gun in the egg basket when I went to gather the eggs. And the the butler's like, oh, no, I had the gun. I was walking down the hallway with the gun. Don't tell anybody.
1: Yeah, all of these, like, and then Poirot, like, through the whole time, just not taking it. And he, he is. this is where he starts to get, like, there is a mastermind behind all of this. But, like, again, the irony or the difference is that it's actually because it's not that sharp of a mind that's behind mm-hmm. this. And they're all, like, we have to cover for Gerda because she her only plan was, I'm going to shoot my... Because she gets it from, we get that she reads a little bit of John's mystery book. And she gets the idea. She's like, oh, the, the way that they test these guns. So if I go out with two guns and I shoot John with one get rid of it, and then I'm holding the other. Of course, everybody's... And she knew everyone was going to think it's her. Everyone Mm. immediately thinks the spouse is the murderer. They talk about that. And she's like, but then they'll test the gun and I'll be ruled out. And that is exactly what happens.
0: Yeah, but it doesn't feel to me like it plays true to her character because she worried about everything. She obsessed over every little thing like like what like oh, I didn't answer that question fast enough or um, you know, I didn't wear the right shoes with my purse or whatever. I don't feel like she could have carried that off and then like not even said anything. I mean, I know the thought is, oh, okay, she did this 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 um yeah, undecided action. What's that word? I can't think of it.
1: Uh, in the heat of the moment, not premeditated. Yeah,
0: yeah, just just this, this yeah, rash like, action. Yeah, rushed. And then everybody comes in to like take care of her, and like, oh, okay, well, you did this, and now we're gonna make sure that you can get away with it. Mm-hmm. But through the whole thing, it's like they don't even like try to get her by herself, so she won't talk or something. The whole time after that, she's like, uh, nobody would have shot John. He was awesome. And it just, it didn't ring true to me. I felt like it wasn't true to her character. I feel like she would have broke down after like five minutes.
1: So this is what I like about it. Um, Because it feels so much like, of course, well, I won't get into my thesis yet about this book, (laughs) but what I like about it that, you know, like you said, the whole time she's nervous, second guessing herself, how I feel is that she's always doing that in relation to John. Because she genuinely believes that John is everything and that he is amazing, and the whole reason why all of that changes is that because she he she discovers that John and this other woman have run off together, Veronica, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and she says that. And at that moment, and we get a little bit of that at the end where she was like, "And then I realized that John actually wasn't any of the things that yeah, it was all a lie." Is the breaking point. And she was like, and I had to kill him because I was like, this is all a lie. Mm. She spent her entire life worshiping this man. She actually covered over every one of his sins. She didn't know about any of his misdeeds. And at that exact moment, she realized, I have wasted my life. I'm going to kill him. And it wasn't a good plan that she used, really, Mm -hmm. even though it worked for a little bit. Uh, But... At that moment, she was like, this is what I'm going to do. And then the rest, she tried to play it straight. And she wasn't doing a very good job because she was always insisting, like, oh, I came up and I, and I picked the gun. And she everybody was kind of like, oh, Gerda, shut up. <laughs> and she wasn't doing a good job because she was still being not that smart. But that her entire character changed at that moment. That was her character development because her life only was it had existed in connection to John up until that point. Mm. That's how I feel about the character. Mm-hmm. um because you know even after that point and i kind of like this about the very ending ending that henrietta even at the ending does not believe that john was in the wrong she still has love for john and she still realizes yeah. that she will never move on for which is sad yeah. and it's not good for her character but she know, goes I'm away a
0: little, i'm a little too old to use these expressions but oh no <laughs> I would say that they, their relationship is totally toxic. Oh! <laughs> Sorry, I just made Zach deaf. Oh man, these headphones. <laughs> Zach's
1: bleeding from the eyes. Is that all right? are you good?
0: Would you Would you like to have a Slurpee to help with the pain? <laughs> I would.
1: I would love a different Zach, pain. All right, I won't give my thesis yet. Can you give everybody your thesis on the book or on the frozen drink? Right, frozen drinks. <laughs> It's a working hypothesis. It's a working hypothesis. Three times now. (laughs) Three times now, when I've had a frozen drink, I will start drinking it. And I drink drinks at a rapid pace. So I don't know if that has anything to do with it, but I start drinking it, and then I get the sharp pains... Like right below my rib cage in your abs in
0: my and my washboard <laughs> abs <laughs> and we I, this is you know this is late breaking news we actually witnessed this happen today. directly before uh, dinner yeah, yes I and had a slurpee. It was it was slightly frightening.
1: Like a gentleman he had a Coke Slurpee with his dinner.
0: <laughs> like a gentleman
1: you had a Coke Slurpee no, with no, your dinner. No, you've witnessed
0: this before, Josh. This was my first yeah, time. Two times I before this, I've died.
1: It's just been me and Zach at a table in a restaurant and he starts doing it. And at first I think it's a bit because we're all, we always eat too much food. It's horrible. It's crazy. And then afterwards we're like, Oh he does, and
0: he's doing the little head We're tossing. gonna start we're
1: only gonna eat fresh fruit after this <laughs> Like we we're like John, like I'm gonna change my life, everything is different. This point. But Bang. then my frozen drink shoots me, <laughs> yeah. and then we're like, "You want some dangles on the way home?" Is what we, did. we did. that today but you did too. You just looked
0: like you were in genuine pain. I so was anyway, in genuine pain. Continue. So I
1: think it has to do with the like the frozen iced drink, like a Slurpee or a margarita was the other two so, times. So
0: instead of getting a brain freeze, you're getting a diaphragm freeze. That's
1: what I'm thinking. But I also <laughs> get brain freezes from other things. Uh huh. Yeah, he gets them in his brain. But I've heard of people being like, "Oh, I always get a brain freeze in my neck." Which is not a brain freeze, but like that's where no, I feel. No. I, no. I yes. used I used to get a freeze like right down like where my sternum is. Mm-hmm. But not my is that my
0: sternum? Yes, that is your sternum. Whatever's
1: wrong with your body is moving down. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to you want to get you want to catch that? <laughs> hmm. I want to hold it in place. <laughs> I don't want it to go any further down. <laughs> Moving on. Running on empty. Moving
0: on. Running on Yeah, Moving on. So are you going to try to prove or disprove this theory that, as in you're never going to drink a cold drink again or a, a so, frozen drink again?
1: Here's what most people I feel like would do is they would be like they would they would be drinking would their Slurpee. The World Health Organization. <laughs> they would take a drink of their, of their Slurpee and they'd be like, oh, it's, this is causing me pain. Let me stop. <laughs> you finished that bad boy. <laughs> I finished that bad boy. In fact, when my straw stopped slurping up the Slurpee, I opened the cup and dumped it into my mouth. <laughs> That's what you do with anything. Like, even if you don't like the drink, you'll be like, ugh, and then you'll take another big swig, ugh! and then you'll be like, gunk, gunk, gunk. Ugh! <laughs> Like, he's got this weakness for things that hurt him. yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Or, like, how I keep getting kidney stones but keep drinking soda and energy drinks. <laughs> that's a classic. nothing weird about that. Yeah, that's one of our favorite things about that. Yeah. <laughs> it's the amount of times I've been to the hospital for that. Just
0: two. Yeah, just two. That's not bad. Nah, I still got kidney stone medicine at home. It'll be fine. And you're, what, you're only 23? Almost 24? By the time this episode comes out, it's 24. It like you just, <laughs> so you're still under the age of 25, it's on which Monday? means the part of your brain that understands consequences is not, still not fully developed.
1: Listen, I'm a late bloomer. Okay? Is Monday? <laughs> so when we're you turn looking 24? at thirty-five. Tuesday. Oh well, but yeah, but this is part two, so this will be even farther. So yeah, you'll be twenty-four. Yeah, <laughs> you'll probably be twenty-five. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're on a very good every other week schedule. I hope you guys have been appreciating. At the
0: it. time of this recording, Zach's brain had not fully developed the place in your brain that uh, understands consequences okay well
1: all, most of me is a late bloomer except my brain which is an early bloomer my brain stopped developing at eight <laughs> now whether or not it was supposed to that's yet to be determined <laughs> i think all the doctors said that that was pretty cool that you did that they said <laughs> i b- did it you're built That you just decided at eight you're like i'm, I'm done. done i'm out <laughs> it's over i'm done developing i don't know how to spell scissors
0: <laughs> and frozen, frozen drinks hurt me
1: S-I-S-S-I-S-S-C-O-R-S-C-R You always start spe- spelling Mississippi
0: <laughs> Okay,
1: so uh, Well, that was a debatable topic enough there um, Yeah, so Yeah, so you just summed up the ending The way that you said it I have a feeling you do not like the ending you say I say it with a level of contempt Is it poo-poo? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is it poo-poo? Is it poo-poo?
0: <laughs> That's just something an eight-year-old would ask.
1: <laughs> yes or no?
0: <laughs> I think it is. Okay. <laughs> Josh disagrees. Do you but... think it's pee-pee, Josh? <laughs> uh,
1: you mean I like in a good way? <laughs> 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 Depends how you take it. I, I enjoy the ending, but yeah, you can yeah. continue with your like
0: pee-pee. opinion. I don't... Um, I'm not really sure what I was going to say. I, I felt slightly dissatisfied that... And I understand why other people would like... I don't feel like this is a good book or a bad book. I feel like this is a book that each person is going to feel differently about it, and that's okay because there's a basis for each one. I don't feel like... Okay, I feel like I'm right because... I feel like the things that I dislike about it are valid, and the things that you like about it. Did you? I'm sorry.
1: Like I un I uncornered. I cornered a page and was holding it there, and then I like nodded and went to put my rest my chin, and it closed, and I lost the corner page, and I ate it. I'm sorry. I didn't really mean (laughs) to interrupt you.
0: Another thing, and this is a very very like pathetic thing to complain about, but it really bugs me. Because she Christy does this every now and then, and it's like she piles it all into one place. It, it happens again in they do it with mirrors, which I'm not sure when that is. That's as a, a ways, ways away. away. She piles all of these ridiculous names into one book, mm-hmm. and it's just annoying. I get sick of it because like they never just say John. It's John, John Christo. Christo. Everybody Gerda is a weird name. It's it's annoying um angatel is spelled weird and you get sick of hearing it midge's last name is hardcastle which is just <laughs> i've always noticed you got like a and, thing with
1: names well like I, if you feel like a name doesn't just flow you get caught on it whereas i'm just no, <laughs> i kind of just ignore it
0: i i do sometimes but it's not the most important thing like if i can overlook it however she does it so much do you remember henrietta's full name
1: henrietta severneck Severnick. severneck
0: Severnick. it's weird I like that name a lot. They're 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 all of them in here in one place, though. Like, there's Cray, Veronica Cray. What about Gudgeon? And Gudgeon, (laughs)
1: yes! (laughs) The greatest name Uh, for a butler. Gudgeon! Gudgeon the butler? Gudgeon. Gudgeon? Would you want a butler named anything but Gudgeon? Gudgeon! Yes! They say, (laughs) Gudgeon, take care of this! And it's like, if I had Gudgeon, I would have him do anything because I could say Gudgeon. Like, (laughs) Gudgeon, do my taxes. And he has no knowledge of tax laws, but I just wanted to say it. (laughs) Gudgeon, drive the golf cart.
0: Yeah. And he's like, "Well, <laughs> just drive. Uh, <laughs> drive." Yeah, so she does that every now and then, and it it's okay, you know, because you run out of names and you can't do all Smith or something. I understand that. And she is
1: known for having her big. It silly just names.
0: kind of goes. It's all packed into one book, or and she does it and do it with mirrors, and I'm sure there are others, but it just it just gets kind of frustrating. It almost feels like it's. Because there's nothing comic or light about this book at no. all. There is not a single bit of comic relief. There's not even a funny character. Besides the pessimistic mustache, it's all pretty dark. <laughs> yeah. And so sometimes when she has that and she presents it in a natural way, because British people have that that natural snark, there's none of that, really. Mm. It's just all kind of like straightforward misery. Everyone's unhappy. The only character I like in this book is Sir Henry, and I liked hmm. him in the film too, in the in the yeah. adaptation. Like oh, yeah, he's he's the only one who seems vaguely normal, and he's kind of like, well, I'm just gonna make the best of being married to a psycho and all these people coming into my house and I have no clue what's going on. He tries to be nice to the police. He's nice to Poirot. And he's like the only you normal person.
1: Don't like Gudgeon, <laughs> you don't like Poirot.
0: <laughs> <love> <laughs> Poirot was fine. You do have a point. I thought about that. When I, I said Poirot. that I hate all the characters except Sir Henry, I was like, oh, no, Poirot's okay. No,
1: I and think was... Poirot's was actually really good in this because I, I like, like <laughs> the role that he is. He right, and I disagree with
0: Christy saying, that. oh, it's better without him.
1: I don't think so. No, I, like I, him I this, think
0: that he's important to And, and this though... case is
1: very suited for like when he's in his older age and yeah. he's like, I like people in human nature. I don't want the cigarette. I like the <laughs> duck. <laughs> yeah. I like brownies. <laughs> yeah he likes brownies and to talk to people and instead of saying we, oui, I say yes <laughs> oh yeah I read that uh, in one uh, note in it that they said that Poirot doesn't speak like very in little he speaks very little French in this which is abnormal for him like, not he as much out as he usually does he does say like, something he does. about being
0: a snob which is really
1: cute yeah but like you know usually like he's got a French phrase like every page or every time he talks but yeah. in this one she kind of yeah. turned that down and maybe the theory was maybe she added him later on
0: mm-hmm. like it wasn't yeah. working by itself that could be I hate my life. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so I don't remember what we were talking about. This, this is the ending. It's just me. And okay. then
1: you said another thing you didn't like about it. Yeah, all okay.
0: Works. Yeah. And what is on the page that you're holding?
1: Oh, something I underlined. So this is this is like what it always sticks with me about this ending. Obviously, we disagree. That was the whole point of how we've seen the debate thing. <laughs> what I love about this ending, and so we've already spoiled it, it's the most obvious uh, yeah. character. When Christy first started writing when she wanted to write the mysterious Ferret styles the the plot the quote was the whole point of a good detective story was that it must be somebody obvious but at the same time for some reason you would then find that it was not obvious that he could not possibly have done it though really of course he had done it that was her idea and in this book that she lists and we've only not covered two of the books that they list like this but uh murder at the vicarage
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh evil of, of course mysterious Ferret styles but uh, murder at the vicarage, which is a great example of that. Evil under the sun is a little—it's a little lesser, mm-hmm. not quality, but like it's not quite the most obvious person. Uh, Death on the Nile is an amazing example of that, and Lord Edgware dies, mm-hmm. another great example of that. I love that one in the Hollow. Uh, also, a feature that said d- device in this book calls it a the Hollow's hook uh, as um, underrated, and so John agrees with me in that <laughs> in that sense. Um, but John also did not like that this book was less of a puzzle mystery, so he didn't love it. Mm Um, but I love that she started that with the Mysterious Ferret styles. And even though we enjoy that book, it's not entirely satisfying in the Mysterious Ferret styles, but you could tell she has got this idea Mm -hmm. and that idea drives her entire career. Because she doesn't always pick the person standing over the body with the gun or the person right. who at the beginning of the book says, I'm going to commit the murder in exactly this way, like Jane Wilkinson in Lord Edgware dies or Jackie mm. in Death on the Nile. Yeah. But she, she, as an author, will never pick the nun down the lane you met for two sentences.
0: No, no, no. She will not.
1: She The, the great part of Christy is that she, the killer is not unexpected because... It's an unexpected character. It is always because she knows what it is like to be a reader.
0: Yes, and she will allow you to get in your own way and make it more complicated than it needs to be. Yeah. I just, I feel like with this, like... And I can see where people would read it and not feel this way. I'm not really sure why I do feel this way, but I have reading it twice, you know, 75, 80 years apart. Um, Were you alive when the hollow was written? (laughs) 1945? That, that, um... It just kind of annoys me. It feels like she's kind of, like, shoving it down your throat, almost. Like, okay, you know Gerda did it, but maybe she didn't. You don't know. Well, well of course she did do it, but I had to go in there for a minute, and it's was like, no, you really didn't. You didn't give me a chance to think that it was anything other than Gerda, but...
1: No, I don't again, agree great. with that at all, because right, I, like, I feel exact opposite. <laughs> I know you Because do. it's, like... For me, that's what what I was getting to. This is such a great example of it because Christy loves to do that. So I can see how you can see she is showing off, and I think she's showing off in this book. That's true. I guess I admire it while I irritate you. She (laughs) says, you know... She'll have a character say in the past that they did it. She'll have a character confess to a murder and actually be the murderer. Mm-hmm. But in this book, she has the murderer standing over the body with the gun. Mm-hmm. I think that is so, so bold and it it's so <laughs> audacious. The and audacity. Of I it.
0: find it for some reason very dissatisfying. And I, I and really
1: I, can't explain why. I just I, do. Yeah. But I can also get, I think it is at that mark. And I, and I thought about uh, what Ryan Johnson just said. Uh, they had an interview with him and the editor of Glass Onion. Now, don't giggle at me. I'm not giggling. This is totally warranted. Did I giggle? <laughs> that was Zack. He said this in an interview not at the auto parts store of our, our <laughs> intimate lunch. Uh, he said, not that intimate, but it was a small table. Very tiny. <laughs> Only room for one lunch.
0: <laughs> he, he ate lunch. turns.
1: He ate lunch, <laughs> not ate lunch. <laughs> So when he was in England, I had to talk, and that was painful. Right? <laughs> I liked your movies. I liked, it when, yeah, I
0: liked it when... Sorry, I just drank a frozen drink. I
1: liked it when Jedi... Uh,
0: <laughs> Can I get a carburetor?
1: <laughs> he said, the editor said what was fun about working with RJ on that movie was that he kept getting more and more bold with what he put on the screen. And he said, like at certain points it's like, how are and there's one particular clue we've talked about it, but we yeah. didn't spoil it on a glass on where they show you exactly what happens, but your brain yeah. decides not to see it. Right. Obviously Christy doing something different here because it's a book. But yeah. like and he said in it that's what Christy did. She like always showed you exactly what mm-hmm. was happening. And so often yeah. she says, You read the first chapter or so of a book and it is what happens. And I think it's just for me, it is so pleasing for me to admire it as a puzzle. Mm-hmm. The murderer is standing above the person and then you find out oh it's not actually that gun. And then I think Christie is not only is she putting herself as the reader of a murder mystery because if you had never read a Christie book before, I think this book would easily stun you, the ending. I mean not necessarily like you're like you'd love it, but you would be shocked by the ending. But also uh, she also understands at this point in the middle of her career what it means to read an Agatha Christie book. Mm-hmm. She, like, first she mastered that and she was like, okay, you are going to expect this because you're reading a mystery book. Now you're going to expect this because you're reading an Agatha Christie book. And she recognizes mm-hmm. that she is her own genre now.
0: Yes. Yeah, I think that she did have a little bit more freedom and she could do something that she, like you said, wanted to do all along. Um, yeah. And I, it, it is bold. I agree with that. At very few people back then did that. And I don't know that anybody
1: would do it now. Like, because... And Mm -hmm. I think what I sort of admire about it, it's the same thing that I talk about with movies where I can, like, hate a movie and still admire it more for making choices. Mm -hmm. Like, we were just talking about that with the last... Uh, M. Night Shyamalan movie not the cabin one but old where they turn old on the beach which is such a horrible movie I said it was one of the worst movies i ever s- seen on the podcast and Zach reminded me of The Neverending Story Part 3 <laughs> <laughs> I actually just listened to that episode but <laughs> and he was like what about The Neverending Story Part 3 and I was like oh okay maybe the worst movie I've ever seen in theaters that was before Jurassic World Dominion but what I was saying about it was that, like, I even like it before Jurassic World Dominion because even though I do not like the choices, uh-huh. he made so many choices that I can see how on another day or, or, like, if I was just one person over in the seat that they loved it. Mm-hmm. And certain people did. And I think even, like, the fact that you hate this ending and that I love it, mm-hmm. that we can both go to an ending and not be mad about it but have the opposite reactions makes me admire it so much that she, as a writer, writing this, had to have known that half of the people, same with Roger Ackroyd, are going to get yeah. mad. Yeah, and Roger Ackroyd's a different mad. Like half people are going to be like, "That's not fair. That's a
0: disappointment," or whatever. And, this and is, I love Roger Ackroyd. I right. know the guest stars that we had then were like this. they like, I was really, really unhappy about yeah. like this. Like, like I'm mad. <laughs> and I feel <laughs> which I understand be. is is yeah, but I loved that. Right. But it just it does. That's come, a completely different book yeah and it does come from just personal preferences just like you, like i love big casts of characters and you like small casts of characters
1: yeah. um and i'm much more attracted to the very simple
0: yeah and i like a broader kind of yeah like more going on to be distracted and i think maybe that's one of the reasons aside from the psychology of it is very very good her perception of people and being able to know how people think especially at a time when all people did was try to hide how mm-hmm. they really felt that that is amazing but yeah. That, that yeah that just it's like really like there was a 50 50 shot either she did it or she didn't it we didn't even and that, that's that sounds dumb. so good that sounds dumb because all <laughs> because all books 50/50 are that 50
1: 50 was it her was but, it not because it is her you, you're <laughs> angry and i'm happy
0: yes because you look around the rest of the book and it's like Okay, there's nothing, and you know.
1: And I'm Doc. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sneezy.
0: And you know, Henrietta Trash, just like no is like always making. She's like, you know, you just don't understand me. I could never kill anyone, and I feel like, yes, absolutely, Henrietta would be psychologically able to have shot this guy that she talks that's about how what much Poirot she loves. Keeps,
1: keeps going on like, yeah, you could. Yeah. Like, I know that you love him that much. And
0: then at the end, she's like, "See, I told you, I could never kill anybody. I'm going to go sculpt." <laughs> She's a sculpt. She's a sculptor.
1: And sometimes when Christy, or sometimes when authors... What was that book I was reading recently? Sometimes a mystery uh, author will put a character in their book and give them a, a profession and be like, this is their job! And we'll give the most general yeah. information. I yeah. feel like Christy had a good understanding of No, that of was sculpting. beautiful
0: because she... And she did this in um, Not the Unfinished Portrait, the first one.
1: Giant spread about the uh, music?
0: It, about what it's like to be Musician. artistic and creative, and I yeah. think that's how she felt because... It was talking about oh, it's not this great gift, it's actually an obsession. And Henrietta talks about not being able to be feel at peace until she has mm-hmm. accomplished mm-hmm. something. But even then she's she, just everybody in this book is so dang miserable. Great. That I see, I don't like that. I like <laughs> I, love I like a little bit of misery or a little bit of melodrama and then just somebody exactly, like somewhere business. is having like a good time. No one in this book is having a good time. No,
1: the only person having a good time was <laughs> <laughs> um, and that's what Poirot keeps bringing up too, which I think is interesting with the psychology. He was like, "No, there's a creative mind at play here," and he knows yes. it's not Gerda. They could be a little mean about Goethe sometimes, but he's like, "There's a creative mind," and it's and Henrietta has done some things, and that's what, and I like this as a very simple clue because and clues a strong word, like because there aren't a lot of clues in this book. The same right. way with cards on the table, it's just not that kind of mystery book. That's not. I don't. I don't think that's a fault of it because that's just not the kind of book she was writing. Um, but somebody could easily disagree with that. And I wouldn't have a problem with that. But um, <laughs> when he says Henrietta, there's a lot of discussion about what those things can mean as his last word. Yeah. Was he out of his mind? Was an ac- an accusation? And, and Poirot's, Poirot's
0: still thinking like he's faking it. Right. <laughs>
1: and Poirot is like, and he gives like this cool thing that he keeps he, saying. He's
0: wearing the little leather gloves and he claps. The yeah, yeah. Bravo.
1: Bravo. Good, good for you. <laughs> like, I may have misjudged the situation. uh, This is (laughs) not the cherry marmalade. (laughs) um, But anyway, he keeps saying that of that scene, the person that seemed most alive was John, who was dying.
0: Yeah, that annoyed me too. Everything annoys her
1: today. (laughs) Everything tastes foul today.
0: (laughs) Well, I don't like that he was like, oh, even... Because Henrietta was like, you know, oh, here's John's a horrible person, but here's why he was wonderful. Oh, I wish I could make you understand. He's like, oh, no, I understand. I was like, I don't even feel like Poirot got it. I wanted Poirot to be like, no, John was a jerk. No, Poirot knew he was trash. He wasn't saying <laughs> he was the only
1: person alive because he was. Uh, but he was the only person guy. who was genuine he was the because only person everyone was else genuine. was faking what Everybody they were doing. Everybody was faking their. And that's also just a metaphor for who they were as people. Yes. John was genuinely a jerk and never hit it, but they all liked him because <laughs> they're horrible people. Yeah. and Poirot saw that in that scene and then it's, I think it's a metaphor for the book but Poirot realized this person's the only person who's really telling the truth and the reason he said Henrietta was not an accusation he was looking up at what just happened at had a huge mistake Gerda just made and was like, and it was like Henrietta, Henrietta help her help yeah. her and Henrietta got it she threw the gun into the pool and yeah, also
0: like here, here's my question why did Gerda feel the need to stage the accident because Poirot wasn't in the, in the film adaptation in the BBC one, the David Suchet. Um, yeah, he wasn't there. He, he had come for dinner the night before, and it was like he was he was coming again the next day. Yeah. So it was like, okay, he, he's like, oh, this scene has been staged just for me. Mm-hmm. That's why he thought it was the murder game. In the book, that doesn't happen. He's just randomly supposed to show up for lunch sure that day. It. And so why did Gerda feel the need to stage a scene for her family, who all knew that she did it. It was like, oh, it's a scene staged for Poirot. It was a complete accident that Poirot was there in the first place.
1: Well, it was staged for the family. She, again, it's just slow. She didn't realize they all would just figure it (laughs) out immediately. Because they did come up to the scene, but immediately they saw. I think that's sort of what's interesting about it is because they saw it as it was presented, as she was presenting, yeah. And they started to do all these things, but they didn't even realize her initial thing except Henrietta. Mm-hmm. They didn't even realize, so they complicated, even though she had already had a plan for that. Because that Lucy worked.
0: walks up, and she's like, the, the older lady, the, the flighty lady, she's like, Gerda shot John, everybody!
1: Right, right. <laughs> In the movie, it's so dumb, she's like, Gerda has murdered, I mean, John's dead. <laughs> and it's yeah, just, when are we
0: going to talk about the movie? We'll talk
1: about that directly after this. Okay. After a debate. <laughs> uh, but... Yeah, she staged it for the family, was my understanding, and that's the part that complicates it, because they come across it, and they're like, oh, we have to save Gerda, when Gerda's plan had probably already been good enough to save herself. I know,
0: which annoys me a little bit, that they felt like they had to like swoop in and save her, but also her plan was really bad, so right. I don't know, I, I always, always, always feel that Gerda is the real victim in that book. She is. Always. And that's how, yes. pre- that's how Christie's presenting it. I agree yes. with that. Okay. I just think that's a good... <laughs> no, I feel like she was making Henrietta the central character and that she wanted people to be sympathetic to Henrietta. And I have no sympathy for Henrietta. I do. She's... She, she was... She's toxic. I think she's toxic, <laughs> but it's
1: sad she fell in love with a guy and just cannot get over it, and so she has to just make a horse. <laughs> that's gotta be hard. <laughs> yeah, making a horse is pretty hard on its own. And horses are hard to sculpt. I... Uh, <laughs> Degas who he did that um, the ballerina girl is what he's famous for in one of the museums we went to they like oh we have this exhibit where they found these it's such a ridiculous story if you don't know that they're sculptures but they found all these horses in Degas basement <laughs> because he lost I think he lost
0: his sight or something this as is a real getting, story this is a real story like you have a, a Degas horse sculpture story Degas horse, for
1: this and I rarely whip it out
0: did you set him up for this like did he pay you to be like mention horse sculptures <laughs> He, it's he, in the book. He paid me
1: to, to fake some Degas <laughs> horse sculptures. Okay, yeah. that makes and sense. Get and get it in the museum. And we're <laughs> still not rich. but um, So Degas lost his sight, and he like couldn't paint anymore, so he like, was in his basement. He was sick. I can't remember. He dedicated himself to sculpting these horses. And there's, like, there's a ton of them. There's like 20, and they're, they're small. Uh-huh. Um, and then whenever he died, even though it, it was his wishes, like this was a private thing, I worked on. It's not for the public. But when he died, obviously he his said, my horses, his, no one else could see them. His son or grandson was like, well, I'm so he sold it to the museum, right? <laughs> so I can't remember which museum. It's like Philadelphia. Did
0: somewhere. I mention these were Degas horses?
1: And they have this big case of horses. And before I even read the story, I walked in, and they're like the centerpiece because it's a big deal for them to have gotten these things. His yeah. like, posthumous work, and I'm like. These horses look horrible. Really <laughs> worse. and it's not like abstract art like she did, where it, like oh, it's it's so like these, no, these horses are, are so ugly. Horses. Well, you he, did say he was blind. I don't remember if he was blind, but like his wishes were. You've that said it twice. He was <laughs> for some reason why he couldn't paint. I can't remember what it was. I I think it was blind, but. Uh, he had bad eyesight or something but he didn't want he might people... have just
0: have been having diaphragm freeze <laughs> yes, you know that's
1: true it's he, a hard to to sculpt. he when you got work. a margarita the, the he was, was like he dang, even dang. Even I need to want... some horses he didn't even want people to see them he was like this is just something I'm working on and his son was like oh now it's like one of the prime exhibits of Degas and it's these ugly horses <laughs> I gotta look this up they're ugly <laughs> Degas horses how do you spell Degas D-E-G-A-S like Vegas Viva Las Vegas Anyway, yeah, so for all the reasons I think you love it, or all the reasons I love it, you hate it. Yes. And that makes, I admire that. Yes. That you can admire her boldness.
0: Absolutely, yeah. I don't, like, it's not like, oh, wow, this is, this is not a bad book in the sense of, like, Parker Pine was horrible. Parker (laughs) Pine. Parker Pine is just a bad book. The Man in the Brown Suit is a bad book. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay that's another
1: one we disagree on because I okay. like it but I don't okay. think
0: it's a good book yeah no it's poorly okay. executed big four yes it has problems Just, and Jurassic
1: f- World Dominion was that her
0: <laughs> Who was, but that I, was don't, totally I don't I don't right. feel like okay You no and, and, and never is it like oh well this is my opinion and, and people are dumb if they disagree with me that's not what oh that's is not that bad is that one of them yeah I, I mean, mean it's a sad little looks like a <laughs> <laughs> is. That looks like if, if
1: I was the draw horse.
0: <laughs> no! It's horrible. Zach's horses are adorable. I have several drawings by Zach. All right, so you heard I it on here.
1: <laughs> here. Uh, Charlotte thinks Degas' horses are adorable.
0: No, I said Zach's horses okay. are adorable. But they're, they're One thing exactly that's important the is the strong
1: brow line of this horse.
0: <laughs> oh. <laughs> and now when you zoom in, that does make a difference. Is that, now, that's a dragon. I will
1: say that I think Degas' work uh, here directly influenced Charlie the Unicorn because that looks like Charlie If <laughs> I'm many, gonna be honest how many years okay
0: wait hold on please stop
1: the press that
0: how many magic. years have we been doing this podcast for three or four? Uh, oh, that's a good question it's more than that
1: <laughs> the chess game that Zach has been playing where you can finally reference Charlie the Unicorn on the show checkmate we're done we can go home <laughs> Thank you all for having me. This is my last episode. All
0: you ever wanted was to do the hollow. Now we're done. And you all you wanted to do was, the was Charlie, Charlie the unicorn. unicorn. I don't really like
1: Degas as an artist. I don't. So uh, I think uh, thank it's you guys. Yeah, this has been and great. I think the horses are bad. It's I like Charlie the Unicorn. I You'll think, think it's weird. Again. So you like what came from Degas. I like what came from <laughs> Degas. I think he was a good inspiration. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, the first thing rarely, you know, what comes after. Like, I mean, like exactly. the Lion King live action. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Better than The Lion King. Better than lions in general. Right. <laughs> no, I'm the one who has things coming out my nose. <laughs> hey, it happens to all of us. Alright, yeah, let's talk about the movie. Okay. Or right, we'll do a quick debate first. What am I talking okay. about? <laughs> Jumping the gun! What is. The greatest song of all time? That's a. Hmm. Who? <laughs> that's a tough question. I can ask one that's an easier debate, and we could sit on that until the end of the episode. Well, because this what the other one is uh, A or what, B? What are you? Okay. Well, <laughs> just so I can chew on this, what do you can? What is? What, is it like the objective greatest song of all time? Yes. Objective greatest? Objectively, song. like say a <laughs> example could be um, the Hamster Song, <laughs> the Hamster Dance. <laughs> yeah, yeah. that Dodo. Yeah, yeah. Uh, or Sweet Home Alabama or Crazy Frog or um, Crazy Frogs. while we're sitting on, <laughs> on that and we'll say that for <laughs> the end of the episode
0: I feel like no matter what I say it will be wrong oh for sure there is no <laughs> right answer for me oh absolutely so I can say whatever the heck I want
1: um, while we sit on that and stay tuned for the end of the episode that'll be our final like in the game segment
0: we're gonna forget and everybody's gonna be so oh, disappointed
1: <laughs> and we'll cover it in the next episode which <laughs> I won't do that yet um, this is something I just wrote down because I thought we'll be it, was, coming
0: to you from space. it was a funny
1: sentence that I was I heard as I was writing it. They say a half inch pour on the head of a beer is a perfect beer. <laughs> well. But anyway, the other. Are b- we supposed to debate that? No, I just wrote it down. <laughs> I think okay. beer is yucky. Yeah. Yep, drink a margarita, yucky, even, too, even if it hurts you. <laughs> <laughs> or just a Coke if you don't do the alcohol. And it still hurts. <laughs> All right. This is one that's going to be pretty tough.
0: Oh, man.
1: And I'll see if Zach agrees with me because I think I know where you stand. Okay. Benedict Cumberbatch or a wet paper towel roll? So I'm going to go with wet paper towel roll. So, again... I was so...
0: I'm sorry. I was so primed for anything else but that. Now, it depends. Okay. There is a circumstance where you would pick Benedict Cumberbatch.
1: If the question is, who would I rather play Doctor Strange? A wet paper towel roll. If the question is, who would I rather receive a large check from?
0: Ah. Benedict
1: Cumberbatch. Well, it it would be more along the first. Like, who would you like better in some sort of media? Like, for instance, would you rather Benedict Cumberbatch or a wet paper towel roll voice Smaug?
0: Smaug. (laughs) <laughs> wet paper, yeah, paper, paper towel roll. roll?
1: Because the slap would be heavy <laughs> from a whole paper towel roll that that's is wet. That's what I was
0: going to say. Did you mean just the core was wet, or do you mean an entire roll of paper towels are wet?
1: I mean, I'm picturing the wet brown core. <laughs> right. Oh, I'm imagining the. Like, you opened up a new thing of paper towels, just and then you, you sat the it in a <laughs> <the> bucket, <laughs> oh. and you pulled it out, and you went, "What?" Uh, <laughs> see, that's acceptable, too. Because, you know, you can interpret. The I guess paper towel roll You can inter- roll it. with paper interpret. towels. <laughs> you can interpret if you want. Turp you can out. interpret the uh, words any way you want, but I was picturing <laughs> just the brown like, tube on the inside, soaking wet and limp. Now that does change things. I would rather have the brown tube uh, play Khan in the, Star Trek in the, the new Star Trek. That's fair. <laughs> okay. Uh, oh. We'll save greatest song of all time to the end. Uh, Charlotte, what do you think about Agatha Christie's Poirot episode season uh, nine, episode four, The Hollow? It was not.
0: I watched it last night and fell asleep. <laughs> it absolutely was. So you remember that it was season nine, episode four? Yes. Okay.
1: Okay. Uh, either that or season ten, episode four. But I'm pretty sure it's season nine because it was the <laughs> end of the season. It was I was yes, it was. I remember because I was scrolling through the seasons and I'd be like, "Is it season nine? Or is it season ten? <laughs> It might yeah. be listed differently on IMDb than it is on BritBox. That's yeah, what I was supposed to get true. off of, was BritBox. Yeah. Guys, we can buy one of Degas' horses. <gasps> How much is it? Okay, are we all agreeing that the podcast is going to go in, Threesies? <laughs> sure, <laughs> I and mean, we'll use it from the, the and, tons of admin.
0: And, uh, yeah, Benedict and Dick come we're about to chip in. Yeah. The no, horse is 11.
1: only $83,307.
0: Wow. Cheaper than I expected. Yeah, it's that, a different horse.
1: I mean, hey. But it says Ooh. in stock, so... <laughs>
0: And that one's running away and is also very ill. Well, it's called Horse Clearing an Obstacle.
1: <laughs> and that obstacle is starvation, and he's not making it. The obstacle is Benedict Cumberbatch. Yes. <laughs> Wet paper towel roll. He's like the Olympics. He's got to jump through it. Just get stuck. The movie. The movie. Yes. The movie? This is the only time it's been adapted. I had The Hollow as one of my contenders for the new movie, uh, but oh, yeah. I don't think it really works because it's so internal.
0: Yeah, that that was my first thought. Yeah. It was like why you cannot present the nuances. <laughs> and so you no. end up with just like the surface crap, which makes all. it... I <laughs> for my mouth. <laughs> which makes it crappier. Yeah. Like the only thing redeeming for this book for me was the internal uh, thought processes that you get. And you don't get any of that. You just get... Actually, John isn't as hateable in this one. I didn't like John in it. He's not great, but he didn't like go overboard, and he wasn't like they probably abusive that was too or a much. jerk. He was just kind of like, ugh, you yeah. know. But he, you can't really present how awful he was yeah. without it being like, okay, no, this is not the BBC. We're gonna have to, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Eh, I, I, I didn't like it. I liked Sir Henry. And, of course, Poirot did fine. Yeah,
1: I'm not in love with but that one either. Um, I think the Henrietta did...
0: just comes off as, like, so... Because in the book, it talks about her being sympathetic to Gerda, and, like, she was motivated to try to help her yeah. um, out of, like, the goodness of her heart because she didn't want anything bad to happen to her, and she understood why she did what she did. And this, it just... she None of the, like... None of the softer qualities come across.
1: Yeah, the only performance that I thought hit the nail on the head was actually Gerda. Because I felt so sorry for her. I think she played, like, that she wasn't the brightest, but also, like, every time she, like, talked to somebody and was, like, trying to be helpful but was messing mm-hmm. things up, I felt, like, so sorry for her,
0: mm-hmm. which
1: I think almost came off better in the movie because you could see it than, than in the book. I thought the actress who played her did a very,
0: very good job. Now, one thing I, I will say that I think any other writer would have done, which I appreciate that Christy didn't do, is that they would make Gerda, like all of a sudden at the end like yeah. be like ha ha fool you uh, yeah exactly and they don't do that at all she's just like oh I'm not as stupid as people think I I still. do fake it sometimes yeah. but she. it was her genuine personality because it talks about in the book um, her sister comes to stay with her mm-hmm. and near the end her, after her husband dies and her sister's been there for like a week or something her sister starts like snapping at her and telling her how slow she is um, so that was that was who Gerda was as yeah. a person, and I appreciate that it wasn't like "haha, big reveal, I'm actually no. so smart." That would have been, um, that would have been really true. But Veronica Cray was horrible, the, the worst literally? acting ever. I didn't
1: think she was. That she hard.
0: was completely opposite of everything Christy said in the book. Like Christy mm. gave Veronica Cray the subtlety, even though she was like a complete and total yeah, she liar. Yeah, It was they. She went out of her way to say, "Okay, she was not." She's like, she was acting, but you couldn't really tell she was acting. In the movie, it was just like, Hi, I'm Veronica, and my accent is all over the place.
1: I think they were like, she's our comic relief.
0: It, but it wasn't funny.
1: It was obnoxious. Yeah. And I thought Lady Angatel was very annoying that too. Oh, she... Which she, I know she's supposed to be in the book, but yeah. she oversold it.
0: Well, and she did it kind of like... She kind of yo-yoed it. Like, it was kind of an Eddie Red, she Redmayne thing. <laughs> It Absolutely. was like one minute she You're she nailed it.
1: You're me.
0: Why don't you put your hand on there?
1: I needed to pinch my throat. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> it reminded me when I played. I had to play. I paused it, and I had to play back for Zach on "Death Comes as the End." when we had the uh, Egyptian expert come on and talk to us.
0: <laughs> Go
1: back, please, and listen to his interview. He makes this strangest noise. Wow. I wish I had the exact time. But it's it's <laughs> right whenever he, I, oh, man, I can't remember. But he's he's trying to say, uh, and it comes out as, like, the weirdest, like, little, like, like little yodel noise. <laughs> and it was not intentional. And I just played it back and back and back and left so hard. And it just reminded me of that. But. Oh, our Egyptian expert. It was was not a good episode. And I feel like, uh, even without those flaws, it would be so hard to make this book into a good movie because they, I mean, they rush through the first hundred pages because it's just all
0: inner monologues. Right. And that would be really hard to present. But, like, Midge was supposed to be, what did you say, like the character who was kind of normal? Yeah. And she only has, like, three lines through the whole thing. And... (laughs) Edward was so boring you even forgot he was there, which I guess was kind of the point. And like you said, they completely cut out David. Right. And nobody missed it. It was there was no reason to have him in the picture, yeah. So here's where it's gonna get crazy. I have no I can't make any ratings on this. You're gonna We can't we can't agree. But
1: we both should rate it and then see what we can do. (laughs) You can't give me none of this like, well, no, I can't do it because our opinion's different. No, we got to do it. No. We got to both do it. (laughs) Both give a rating. Next time on Don't Drink the Tea, you'll hear our exciting ranking of The Hollow, as well as many more spirited debates and the biggest bombshell in Don't Drink the Tea history. It's too much work to do the slowdown effect.